you would please pray with me one more time. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your presence in our lives. I pray this moment that you would speak through me and that you would stir in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Fish are pretty smart. Anyone know why? Anyone? Anyone? Because they swim in schools. Mm-hmm. Anyone know what you call a fish that just won't shut up? A big mouth bass. <laughs> you heard the story about the one-armed fisherman, didn't you? He caught a fish. It was this big. What's Jesus' favorite card game? Go fish! Okay, they're awake. They're awake. I tried those jokes out on Carl, and he said, people are not going to appreciate those jokes. And I said, listen, I have one person in mind that I know will appreciate them because she is always good for a joke, and she's here, Michelle. And so thank you for your comforting presence here. I, I hope that you appreciated my jokes. But if you don't, maybe you'll appreciate a true story. And so here it is. When I was in the junior high, I used to go with my friend Kim to her parents' trailer uh, at Indian Acres on the Sassafras River in Maryland. And we used to go fishing. It started out pretty innocently. It was a sunny day and there was a pretty river and we had fishing rods. And so we decided that we were going to try our hand at fishing. The problem is that I think we drowned more worms than we did catch fish because um, I don't think we ever cast out our rod and brought it back in with a fish on it. So I said to Kim, maybe we're not catching the fish because we're using the wrong bait. Maybe those fish out there don't like worms. Maybe they're, they're big and they like little fish. And so we decided we were going to use little fish to catch the big fish out in the deeper water. And so we got corn and we put it on our fishing hooks and we dangled the fishing hooks right in the water in the shallow in front of us and all the little minnows came up. They were nibbling on the corn and while they were nibbling on the corn, we would get them with one of those little fishing nets that you have um, for your fish tank at home. We would scoop them up, put them in a bucket. And, um, and I kept refilling the water in the bucket. We'd give them a little bit of corn to eat. We, they were, it was like they were our pets, but we were truly about to use them as bait to catch the bigger fish. Now, when it came time to put this little fish on the hook so that I could send it out as bait, I didn't, they were pets, remember? I didn't want to hurt them. And I thought, boy, that must really be painful to put that hook through their little lips. And so, um, and so I said to Kim, what if we anesthetize this little fish? Like, um, we'll put him to sleep and then I'll do the deed and put the hook in his mouth and then we'll cast out the rod and uh, and when the cold water hits him he'll be revived and he'll wiggle around and that's how we're going to catch the big fish so I laid the little cute fish out um, on on the and I bonked him on the head with a rock to render him unconscious and then I stuck the uh, the hook into his um, into his little lip and I felt a little better about it until I saw that he had bled under his um, head and I think I caused a brain bleed and killed him actually and so we were not using live bait. You would think that Kim and I would have just given up on fishing after that, but we didn't give up on fishing. You want to know why? 
Because at the campground, Indian Acres, on the Sassafras River, there were also lots of really cute boys, two of whom would fish every Saturday about 100 yards from where Kim's parents' lot um, led up to. And uh, so we just kept on fishing. We dressed cute, too, and we were hoping to catch their attention. You might say that Kim and I were fishing for men. Mm -hmm. Boys, really, it was because they were only about 14 years old. I don't think that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, I will make you fishers of men. And Kim's mom, she was totally on to us. Every Saturday, we'd pack up our rods and our bait, and she'd say, where are you going? And we'd say, we're going fishing, and she would say, sure you are. Because she knew she could see those boys 100 yards down from where we used to go. But that's enough about me. Our scripture opens today with a few guys who had spent all night fishing. And they caught just about as many fish as Kim and I used to catch. None. Zero. Zip. Nada. And after a long night of hard work and no catch, these fishermen were cleaning their nets and stretching them out to dry when Jesus climbed into Simon Peter's boat. And he asked Peter to push the boat a little bit away from the shore. And he did. And Jesus started to teach the people on the shore from the boat. And Luke tells us that when Jesus was finished with his sermon, he said to those fishermen, let's go out into the deeper water and we'll put down the nets so we can catch some fish. And Luke tells us that an exhausted Simon Peter said to Jesus, we have worked all night long and we haven't caught a thing. But okay, if you want to go fishing... We're going fishing. And so they rowed that boat out into the deeper water. And it was the best fishing trip they ever had. They put those nets down, just like Jesus said. And they brought them in so full of fish that the nets were starting to tear. There were so many fish, Luke tells us, that the boats were starting to sink under the weight. And when Peter realized what Jesus had done, he suddenly realized that he was unworthy of what had just happened. And he tried to send Jesus away from his sinful presence. But Jesus said, don't be afraid because I am going to make you fishers of men. And those fishermen, they went fishing with Jesus for the rest of their lives. In Luke's account of when Jesus, um, this is Luke's account of when Jesus called his very first disciples. And I love this story among many others because I am reminded when I hear it and when I read it that the call to go fishing with Jesus wasn't just for that few guys back then, but it is for you and me now as well. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, if you have seen and believed the miraculous work that he can do, if you have trusted him as your Lord and Savior, then his invitation to fish for people is also for you. Now, here's the question. How will you respond to his invitation? Will you trust him? Will you get into the boat? Will you answer his call? Who among us? Today is up to going fishing with Jesus. That's my question. Because if you are, there are a few things that you're going to need to know 
There's a few things that fishing with Jesus requires. And the first is this. Going fishing with Jesus requires participation. It requires participation. Now, let us not forget that Jesus was a carpenter by trade, right? He was not a fisherman. Simon Peter was a fisherman. And so Jesus knew carpentry and Simon Peter knew fishing. Peter knew that you don't fish during the day. You fish at night. And Peter knew that you don't fish in the deep water, you fish in the shallow. And yet, when Jesus invited Simon Peter to get into the boat with him for a fishing trip, Peter trusted Jesus, and he got into the boat. Okay? That's the first step. Get into the boat. Getting into the boat is the beginning of participation. If Peter hadn't gotten into the boat, then Peter would not have seen the miraculous and great catch of fish that was the miracle of Jesus. It's as simple as that. Simon Peter had to participate in what Jesus called him to do. Now, I was never able to lead anybody to faith until the middle of my adulthood. As a young person, I never led anybody to Jesus. You want to know why? Because I didn't participate in any ministry. And remember going fishing with Jesus requires participation. I didn't share the gospel with anyone. I didn't live any kind of example. I didn't show care for anyone else in the name of Jesus. And so I didn't catch any fish. I didn't lead anyone to Jesus. But then as a 35-year-old mom of a youth here in the Mount Hope youth group, I agreed to go on a mission trip. And in doing so, I started to participate. I got into the boat, if you will. And Jesus helped me to begin to reach some of those kids with his good news. And Jesus has used me every day ever since. Why? Because I'm willing to trust him enough to do what it is that he calls me to do. And because I take steps to actively participate in ministry, in fishing for souls of those who are beloved to Jesus. And so how about you? Are you in the boat? And by that I mean, are you sharing the good news with the people that you come in contact with? Are you taking part in the ministries of the church? Are you living your life as an example of one who has trusted in Jesus so that others might come to know him because they know you? Because if you are, guess what? You're participating. And going fishing with Jesus requires participation. If you're not, guess what? It's not too late. It is never too late to find a place to serve. It is never too late to find a person with whom to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It is never too late to trust Jesus and to participate in what it is that he calls you to do. Going fishing with Jesus requires participation. Going fishing with Jesus also requires determination determination. One of the really good things about this group of fishermen that Jesus called to go fishing for people is that they had great determination. 
You might ask, how did I know that? I didn't know them. Well, when Jesus asked Peter to put the boat out into deep water, his response to Jesus was this, Lord, we've been working all night long. These guys just didn't go out there and throw their nets out once or twice, not just a time or two. No, they worked at it all night long. They kept at it. They kept moving. They kept working. That's determination. They kept seeking after those fish. But folks, even after all of that, they were obedient to Jesus and they let down those nets one more time. And that's why they were able to see that great catch. Now, as Christians, it happens very often that we pray for God to give us an opportunity to share the gospel with someone. God puts a person on our heart and we reach out to them and we try to be an example and we share all we know about Jesus with them. And for whatever reason, they don't accept it. And then we find ourselves wondering if we should just be hanging up our nets. I have a very good friend who recently shared with me that he has done all that he knows for an unsaved friend who he cares very much about. He has acted with kindness and been helpful in that person's moment of greatest need. He has prayed with and for and about this person. He has been a living example. And he has shown his friend how wonderful and how graceful Jesus is. And about the difference that trusting Jesus can make in a person's life. And this friend hasn't budged. And my friend is wondering if maybe it's time to hang it up. Do we give up on that person? What do we do? Do we give up on evangelism altogether because we aren't seeing any movement? The answer is no. No, because going fishing with Jesus requires determination. Fishing for God's beloved with and for Jesus requires you and me to keep on trying, to keep on obeying, to keep on answering his call. It requires us to keep Fishing, keep casting the nets, even when we don't see the results that we had been hoping for. Keep casting the nets, because when you go fishing with Jesus, I'm telling you, eventually the miracles will happen. Sometimes on the very last cast of the nets. So if we want to see great catch, folks, it requires participation. It requires determination. It also requires cooperation. Another thing that these fishermen did that provides a good example for you and me is that they worked in cooperation. Those nets were heavy, let me tell you what, and it took several of them working together for a catch. One fisherman on his own could have not accomplished very much at all, but when they all worked together, that's when things got done. Jesus, when he sent out his disciples, we read in Mark 6, verse 7, that he sent them out in pairs. Jesus didn't ever expect his disciples to do evangelism alone. And the same thing is true for you and me today. You and I have been placed here as part of a team. We are all in ministry together. Some of us are tasked with speaking the words, and some of us are tasked with reaching out to those in need. And some of us are tasked with just remaining steadfast and faithful in the Lord. 
in the face of adversity, some tasked with being a living example. There are those who are called to preach. There are those who are called to teach. There are those who are called to lead worship. But no single person is ever called to do all the work. But I tell you, every single person is called to do some of the work, to do their share. And together, in cooperation, may we work to bring in a great and miraculous catch for our Lord. And lastly, going fishing with Jesus, it requires expectation. Expectation. Does anybody remember what Peter and Andrew and James and John were doing when Jesus first arrived on the scene that day? They were washing their nets, right? They were washing their nets. These men had worked all night long with no success. But still, they were preparing their nets for the next night's catch. Washing them, stretching them out to, duck, to dry. Because they didn't do this, their nets would tear and they would rot. I have no doubt that it was discouraging to fish all night long and have not a single thing to show for their hard work. And yet they did not let their lack of results cause them to give up fishing altogether. These fishermen prepared their nets because they had the expectation of seeing results when they continued their work. Because fishing for them wasn't just a leisure activity. It wasn't just a hobby. It was their livelihood. Fishing was their responsibility. It was what caused their families to flourish. And I want to remind us today that for you and me, fishing is not a leisure activity. It is our Christian responsibility. It's what the Lord has called us to do. It's what helps this family of God to flourish. And it is a great responsibility. It is a shared responsibility. And more than anything, it is a rewarding responsibility. Whether or not we see immediate results, you and I can have the expectation that when the Lord Jesus Christ is on the scene, all we need is to do what he tells us to do. And there will be a great and miraculous catch of beloved souls. Folks, God himself came to restore us. He came to redeem us. And he came to repurpose us for his kingdom. I'll tell you, it took me a long time to come around to trusting the Lord when other people in my life as a young person shared the gospel with me. It took like years for me to come around. And I am so thankful that those fishermen and women that God placed in my life did not give up on me. They were determined. They were cooperative and they were expectant that I would eventually trust. And so together they worked for a really long time to bring me to faith in my savior through their words, through their actions and through their persistence. And that helped save my eternal life. Because of them, I am forever grateful. And my hope is that for Jesus, I might be forever useful. And so let me ask you this. Who is it that worked in your life to bring you to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? 
Who told you about the Lord? And did you believe it right away? Or did they keep at it? And did they persist with the expectation that one day you would believe? And aren't you glad that they never gave up on you? Next question, who's on your heart today? Whose name has the Lord laid upon you that you might work and be persistent? Don't you give up on them. You hang on to the expectation that together with your fellow believers and with Jesus, you will see results. I know this to be true because Jesus trusts you. And he has trusted you with the person whose name lays on your heart today. He trusted those disciples that he called that day on the shores of Lake Gennesaret. And he trusts you and me as well. Folks, we have got a job to do. And we've got a job to do together. And so I ask you, who's in? Who's climbing with me into the boat? Who's going fishing with Jesus? I pray that it's you. Heavenly Father, we praise you. And we thank you that you trust us with such a big and yet rewarding responsibility. Help us, Lord, to remember not to give up. Help us to keep casting our nets. Help us to remember that you go with us, that we aren't fishing alone, but we're fishing with you, even as we're fishing for you. I hold before you the people whose names lay on our hearts, that you would encourage us to keep at it, that you would surround them with other people who would help them to know that trusting in you is the best thing that they could ever, ever do. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.